The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The dead of time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Okay, so you're looking a little rough. As you get older, the body hates you. It it legit hates you. Yeah. But it's not my fault because Brianna has a friend. And you remember at your Christmas party when Katie was making that rum and coke and she had like the whole bottle of rum and like a splash of coke. Oh yeah, she thought she was pouring the rum instead of the coke. Yeah, remember that? That's, That's what her friend does. So like little cup tequila splash of juice. Yeah, that was, well, that was me the last time we were recording. It was a lot of tequila and not a lot of margarita mix. Yeah, because it started with gin and then it ended with tequila. So. So, so you were having a night of gin and juice? Yeah. You were sipping on gin and juice? Yeah, and like, oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) But then I got sunshine and chlorine, and I feel better now. And I I also am feeling pretty good about myself, too, because I got one of the last bottles of soap at Publix today. So, yay. I got a fucking... Now I'm feeling myself. Feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. Sorry. I got mind on my music and my music on my mind. I'm a hooker selling songs and my pimp's a record label. That escalated quickly. That's like my favorite part of that song. Anywho. Panic at the Disco people. Listen to him. Oh, God. Brendan Urie. His voice. Yeah. <sighs> I-, I would say that's like a top five hall pass right there. <laughs> that and Jason Momoa just mm. yes there was somebody god I can't remember who it was now there was somebody it was a celebrity and he was saying that somebody had walked up to him and said that he was her hall pass and that he should feel good about being her hall pass because he wouldn't be everyone's choice because he's not terribly cute and like was basically super insulting and was like 
but I'm, I can sleep with you because my husband and I have the agreement. And he was like, that's cool. I don't want to sleep with you. So. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I heard that, too, but I can't remember who it is. If you hear that beeping in the background, that is my oven going off because we, uh, my husband braved the grocery store today to try and find me flour, which he could not. But when he was looking for flour, he found a pup cake. So we are making pup cake cupcakes and Max is going to have a peanut butter flavored cake. Cool. Yes. And in case anybody is wondering, yes, my dog is incredibly spoiled, but. Anywho, Kat, what happened last week? You mean Friday? (laughs) Well, yes, Friday for you, last week for them, like two days ago for you. Yeah. What you drinking? Straight bourbon. Really? No, no, my God. God. Uh, Since you guys don't have the visual, I currently am holding a mason jar with approximately (laughs) 10 ounces of liquid in it. So uh, that's why she was. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, what kind of life you live now? My God. (laughs) Desperate times cause for desperate Y'all didn't say you wanted a drug episode, but you're getting one now. That's what we're recording next. <coughs> oh my god. Okay. Bonus content. So, no. Last week. time. Okay, that was the kind to Previously yes. on Fire Whiskey and Honey. Yeah. Christmas holidays. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. My my head doesn't like me today. Um Are you hungover? Yes. Shut up. <laughs> nobody nobody knows okay um guys it's like three o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) well it's technically four in my life but oh my god that's even worse yeah okay so everybody pretty much went to the potters for christmas because in this thing they're like the weasleys of potters yeah it was like the simpsons sorry continue I'm sorry. I'm hyper. And, and this is why people give us bad ratings. And of course you're hyper because you're drinking like 10 ounces of straight bourbon. <laughs> it's Coke. Okay. With the bourbon. Um, no, no. Just cocaine. Anyway, continue. Okay. <laughs> that bad joke. Okay. We're going to cut that out. Um, okay. <laughs> so they all went to the Potters for Christmas because in this, they are like the Weasleys. They invite everybody and it's all good. And then um, Tilly got really like rude with Sirius. And she's like, you can carry your own stinking trunk up the stairs. <laughs> I love that that's what stuck out in your memory. Well, I thought that was like kind of mean, but I understand her her issues. And then um the parents were like I don't want to say concerned, but they were just like, "Does she have a boyfriend?" And she's like, "No, they're just friends." 
and all that other stuff. And then there well, was... Well, I mean, she's still like 12, so it's okay for them to be concerned that she has a boyfriend. Yes. But nowadays, 12-year-olds look like they're 21. But anyways. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't even get me started. Yeah, right. It's like what Petri dish um, of germs. Ugh. Okay. Um. So then um, they went to sleep and Hermione had nightmares and they were all like freaking out. And that's when I said that I think they're pretty... Um, I don't want to, like, pretty mature in their thought processes with that for 12-year-olds and all that stuff. And they were kind of worrying more about her than they were about themselves and everything, which is good. And then they were a bit confused about why she was having these nightmares, even though they know that she has them. And, um... I think I found another line that I like, but it's escaping my mind right now. And nothing you do will change what is meant to be. Yes. And I That's actually a pretty solid recap. Feel like I'm missing something, but my head doesn't like me today. No, um the only thing was at the very end when um Maya wakes up and she's surrounded by the boys because James can't, I guess James didn't sleep in her room, but Sirius and Remus did. And then James came back in the morning and she had, you know, all of her boys around her in the bed and she's holding Remus's hand and she's holding Sirius's hand, but she realizes she doesn't have a hand left to hold on to James and remembers that nothing she does will change what is meant to be, which means no matter how hard she tries, she's not going to be able to save her brother. Why don't they have, like, a spell where you can, like, make another hand? <laughs> I mean... Like... Octopus. You might be able to make it. I don't know if you'd be able to get rid of it again. Yeah, I guess not. I guess that would be bad. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to alter the body too much. Although I am certain at least one boy every year ended up in the hospital wing after trying to engorgio his you-know-what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny i'm actually very proud of you that was a really good recap like well done you're getting so good at these well i took a nap after i woke up because i was up for like two hours and i'm like i have to go back to bed because i'm going to <laughs> die uh, God getting all this fun oh jesus christ it is not i did not Say what? Getting old is not fun. No, not even a little bit. Okay, so I didn't realize how much of a jump there was between last chapter and this chapter. So last chapter was December 18th when they all went to the Potter Manor. And now we are on February 28th, 1972. Wow. Yeah, big jump. So, chapter 24, Little Lions. February 28th, 1972. It was as if Charles Potter had convinced his wife that children causing mischief was a rite of passage. James, Maya, and Sirius returned to Hogwarts after the Christmas holiday, new gifts in hand that had been delicately wrapped and give it, given to them Christmas morning, each with a very careful warning in Charles's firm script. Don't get caught. 
In the two months since the day they'd been back in school, James and Sirius had not been caught out of their beds, uh, out of bed after hours once. That was due, in large part, to the fact that James now possessed the most fantastically charmed invisibility cloak. Which I totally wish was a real thing. Preach. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, hi, I am Dan Rather reporting for CBS News. I took my invisibility cloak and I found this. <laughs> right? Uh, my God, journalism would never be the same. I know, right? When her brother had opened his Christmas gift, or his gift Christmas morning, Maya simply stared at it. That very cloak was the cause of a lot of trouble with her, Harry, and Ron. Though, more times than she could count, it had gotten them out of trouble as well. Also, the um, little bar on the side that monitors like where you are on the page is big and small depending on how long a chapter is. This is a long chapter, y'all. Cat, we have to keep our distractions to a minimum. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's funny. We can try. The lies you tell. James had been floored by the present and used it nearly every night since returning to Hogwarts. Daria, likely saddened by the thought that Sirius might not have presents come Christmas morning, dug through her old black family heirlooms, ones that had, in all probability, been looked over properly by a curse breaker. When morning arrived and no gifts had appeared overnight for Sirius, Daria handed him a, her small gift with a bright smile. He had looked shocked, clearly not expecting anything, let alone something that had belonged to his family. The small penknife fit perfectly in his hand, and he grinned brightly when Daria explained that it was enchanted to be able to unlock any door and untie any knot. Thus far, Sirius had used it to break into Filch's office four separate times. Maya's gift confused her at first when she opened the small package containing a beautiful small hand mirror. That is until she pulled it from the box, revealing its twin beneath it. She brightened, recognizing the gift immediately. The last time she had seen the mirrors, one of the two belonged to Harry, and it was broken. After thanking her parents, she gave the second mirror to James. They did not play with this enough in the movies, in my opinion, but Sirius has those mirrors in the movies, and he gives one to Harry and says, oh, this way we can talk to each other. And Harry put it at the bottom of his trunk and never fucking used it. And he could have used it to reach out to Sirius in the fifth book to be like, hey, did they have you at the Department of Mysteries? But instead, he used a flu in Umbridge's office and got caught. Wait, what? Yes. Harry and, and Sirius had the magic mirrors to talk to each other. This is something that does exist in the Potterverse. If you remember, um, Harry picks up a broken piece of glass out of his trunk in, I think, the eighth movie? Seventh or eighth? And he picks it up and he sees a blue eye in it and he thinks it's Albus, but it's actually Aberforth. Okay, I, d I, I don't remember this at all. The only mirror I remember is that one his first year where he saw his parents. That's the only thing I remember. Yeah, the mirror doesn't play a huge, huge plot point in the movies. It is very much a... If you didn't read the books, you probably wouldn't remember it. But these, 
The penknife and the mirrors are 100% canonically Harry Potter, belonged to the Potters and or Sirius. So, after thanking her parents, she gave the second mirror to James. She had woken up every night over the Christmas holidays with her brother, Sirius, and Remus in her bed, all having arrived to the sound of her screams, at least until Remus left to spend Christmas with his family. James had taken her aside before leaving for King's Cross Station. Take the mirror and talk to me every night before bed. That way, I know you're okay. And if you're not, you can come and sleep in my bed. Since returning to school, she had called her brother through the mirror several times each week. Nights when the nightmares became too much, Maya would descend the staircase from the girls' dormitories and make her way up to the boys quietly, slipping into the room shared by James, Remus, Sirius, and Peter, and crawl in beside her brother, who kept the nightmares at bay. Each morning, upon waking... James would give his sister his invisibility cloak so she could slip back up into her own room, unnoticed by snoring roommates. Having to sneak around at night made Maya feel weak, especially since it was to keep a dead woman from haunting her thoughts. This weakness was why she had ultimately stopped contacting James at night a little over a month into the new term. He would ask her about it every morning, but she would lie, feeling guilty for making him worry over her. But a harsh reality check would hit her from time to time. James would not be around forever. She would need to sleep on her own at some point. Morning, Maya said with a yawn as she reached the Gryffindor table for breakfast. <sighs> James stared at her, or actually, her hair. She knew it was a sp uh, an especially spectacular mess, at least twice as voluminous as normal and looked tangled beyond repair. The dark circles beneath her eyes looking back at her from the mirror were nearly purple from exhaustion, and she was struggling just to reach for something to eat. You look awful, Maya. You flatter me, big brother. Maya narrowed her eyes, but dropped the attitude when James poured her a glass of pumpkin juice and slid the plate of toast in front of her. She let out a soft sigh and smiled at him gratefully. He's all right. Er, er sorry. He's right. Are you okay? Sirius asked, sitting down beside her. Your hair is less puffskin nest and more a ball of tangled yarn. He grinned and poked the knotted mane on top of her head. Man, I'm glad I don't have curly hair. I'm, I think it's hilarious that you're the one who's yawning and I'm the one who went to bed at like 2.30 this morning. To be fair, I went to bed at like 3.00. So, I can't sleep, dude. Been having weird dreams. I had a dream last night that I fucking attacked somebody and hid their body, and my mom hired a body lookalike to hang out in another city so the private investigator would find them and think they were okay. I've been having weird dreams, too. I had a dream that, like, there was a serial killer because I watched Criminal Minds before I went to bed. So, like, everybody in Criminal Minds was there. And the serial killer was the old dude from American Horror Story Asylum. And, like, there was a cliff. And there was a sheep. And the guy was, like, getting all mad. And he killed the sheep. And JJ was freaking out. And she's like, you can't let the sheep drop off the cliff. Because that has the evidence. Because the sheep ate the evidence. So I'm literally holding on to the feet of the sheep. And it's like <laughs> nails are getting in my hands. And it's, like, falling. And I can't hold the sheep. And I'm like, help me read. And he's like... 
I can't help you. I can't help you. And I swear to God, when I woke up, my hands hurt so bad because I was holding on to sheep feet. You win. <laughs> anyway, Maya growled swatting at his hand, moving out of his reach as he tried to continue petting her wild, messy locks. Don't touch my hair, Sirius. I woke up late, and I didn't have time to charm it properly. Why'd you sleep in? James asked pointedly. Were you... He began to ask, as he did every morning, but Maya shook her head. No, Lily, Alice, and Mary kept me all night giggling over a bunch of nonsense. Though Lily was prone to more serious conversations than Maya's other two roommates, she would still join in on ridiculous conversations about boys. It annoyed Maya to no end, mostly because, for the first time ever, she actually wanted to join in. In her original timeline, she had not even thought about boys in such a way until at least third year, the embarrassing exception being Professor Lockhart, and even then it was barely a passing thought. Ginny once explained to Harry and Ron that Hermione was far too sensible— but all other girls were normal. Did Evans mention me? James asked with a bright smile. I don't know. I tried not to pay attention. She lied. In truth, no. Lily had not asked a thing about James. The only name Lily had mentioned was Remus. And even then, it was under a blushing whisper that grated on Maya's nerves. It was not until Alice giggled about James and Mary started talking about Sirius's beautiful eyes that Maya had had enough and stormed out of the dorm and down the stairs to get a head start on her homework, something she had not done or needed to do since they came back from the holiday. Morning, Remus approached with a yawn. His face was pale and he was looking just as tired as Maya felt. She knew the full moon would rise the following night and Remus needed his energy. Despite not feeding herself, aside from a few bites of toast that James had sent her way, she immediately went into precise practice actions. She poured pumpkin juice into a tall glass and set it in front of Remus before reaching across Sirius for the large platters of bacon and sausage loading Remus's plate with protein and fresh fruit. Once filled, she set it down in front of him. She hardly noticed it when Remus fixed her breakfast in simultaneous silence. He poured her a small cup of tea, adding one cube of sugar, and pushed it across the table. The two worked in tandem as he casually reached over her arms to set a bowl of porridge down in front of her. Sorry, Remus muttered, as he spotted a raspberry in the midst of the fruit topping on the warm porridge, settled in the midst of the blueberries. He reached over and plucked away the offending fruit, tossing it into his mouth. As the two began to eat, the rest of the group stared in absolute silence. What? Remus and Maya muttered at the same time. James blinked. That's creepy. Sirius laughed. Oh, what? I didn't say nothing. You waved. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Butthole. Ew! Oh god, it's your feet! Ew! Ew! <laughs> I hate feet. Oh, that's the worst. Why would you do that to me? Guys, I thought she waved her hand in front of the camera and it's her fucking foot. Ew. Now her foot's just like... Ew. Your toes are very precisely, like, they're equally spaced apart. Thank you. 
They look like the AT and T thing. They're like a perfect little. Oh my god! Sorry. And no, I am not going to take a picture of my feet and post it on Instagram so you all can see my AT and T feet. Because I currently have no nail polish on my toes because I am not going to salons right now. I can't see your toes. I was only looking at the bottom of your feet. Yeah, anyway. well, they're not that pretty either. You got cute toes. Anyway. Thanks. I'm not going to say what you have cute of. Oh. Yeah, please don't. It's my butt. I also just hit my stomach <laughs> with my phone. Anywho. Hey, it's 4.20 p.m. Serious laughed. You've never seen it before? They've been like this for months. Remus and Maya promptly rolled their eyes and ignored the continued jokes and stares as they turned back to their food. When Maya casually touched a piece of toast that James had given her, Remus reached over Peter's seat, snatched up a jar of marmalade, and, sco- and scooted across to her without even looking. James looked positively perplexed by the behavior. You two develop mind speak or something? Maya smirked, swallowing a bite of toast. Don't be jealous, Jamie. Just because Remus is my best friend doesn't mean you're any less my big brother. What the hell does that make me? Sirius pouted. Maya stared at him incredulously. Usually a pain in my arse that has somehow been tethered to me for eternity. Sirius winked at her, not bothering to flinch when James reached across the table to thump him on the side of the head. I didn't know you cared, kitten. What about me? Peter asked, his tiny, watery eyes meeting Maya's blinking gaze. She returned her attention to food, ignoring him. If you can't say something nice... I still think the breakfast thing is creepy, James remarked. How come Remus can get, can't get his own bacon? There's a plate right in front of Peter. Because he likes it undercooked, Maya replied matter-of-factly. The plate in front of Peter is too burnt. Why don't you let me or James make your tea? Sirius asked with a raised brow. Last time one of us did, you didn't touch it. Because she doesn't take milk in it, Remus explained. How do you even notice things like that? James asked. At the same time, both Maya and Remus just shrugged. James and Sirius had little time to come up with more questions or jokes at the pair's expense because, right then, Frank Longbottom stumbled over the table, looking worse for wear. Frank, are you all right? Maya looked up at the boy with concern. He tried to smile, but it did not reach his eyes. I'm fine. Thanks, Maya. You are not. What happened? While the marauders had banded together due to the circumstances that first day on the train, their bond had solidified due to the sleeping arrangements. Frank, on the other hand, roomed with the other two Gryffindor boys in their year, Gaspard and William, who had apparently been best friends since they were toddlers. (sighs) I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying. Need more caffeine. Ah. Also, what kind of name is Gaspard? The long-lost cousin of Gaston. I was just on that same thought trail. Because I was thinking in my head, like, okay, magical song. No one casts like Gaspard. No one charms like Gaspard. No one mixes big potions with sparks like Gaspard. 
He's especially good at enchanting creatures. My what a wizard guest bard. Thank you, thank you. I came up with that on the fly. <laughs> now I'm going to have to write a longer version. But anyway. <clears throat> Not wanting to, him to be friendless and left out, Maya had extended a fr hand of friendship to Frank. Frank sighed loudly. Some first-year Slytherins hit me with a nasty charm when I caught them picking on some Hufflepuffs, Wait, he admitted. Wait, who's Frank? Frank Longbottom, Neville's dad. Oh, okay. Frank and Weenie. <laughs> he admitted, his face turning red. I told the snakes to leave him alone, and they turned on me instead. I thought they'd maybe try a hex or two, but didn't think one would actually stick. Why Which do you one? gotta make him talk like he's stoned all the time? And it's not stoned. It's like stuffed up. I don't know. Sounds like a Trying surfer dude. Like, yeah, man, I caught some waves today, and like, yeah. And Frank Longbottom is officially a stoner. Thank you. Because he's a is which he a one? Hufflepuff? No, but he probably should have been. Which one? Sirius asked. They stunned me. What? Sirius snapped. Those rotten lowlife snakes. They stunned you? Maya's eyes widened. She felt her own temper flaring, and Sirius's seething just egged her on. Merlin, that's a fifth-year spell. How'd they even know how to do that? Once I woke up, I heard them bragging that Malfoy and Mulciber have been teaching all the other first-year Slytherins advanced hexes and jinxes, Frank said bitterly. You should tell Professor McGonagall, Lily said, as she sat down on the other side of Frank. Keeping her attention on her friend, she purposely ignored James and Sirius, as though they were not even there, despite James smiling brightly at her. Sirius growled, No way! What we should do is get even. Yeah, James agreed, bringing himself back to the conversation when Lily refused to acknowledge him. You shouldn't have to take that crap from them. Come on, Frank. You, me, Sirius, Remus, and Peter are going to show those serpents why lions are the kings of this castle. He stood up, turning his attention to the gang of Slytherin first-years that were sitting on the other end of the Great Hall. You idiots are going to get points taken away from us, Lily hissed. If you get away with this, you'll still end up hexed. Frank just said that the Slytherins are using fifth-year spells. But nothing Lily said deterred the boys. James led the charge beside Sirius, followed by Frank, who looked ready to redeem himself. He might have been as clumsy as a child as Neville, but he had taken to the Gryffindor courage almost immediately. With James's influence, he was also, unfortunately, taking to recklessness with ease as well. Maya sighed and stood up when she saw Remus follow the others. I better go and help them. Maya! Lily scolded her. He's my brother and they're my friends. I don't let people hurt my friends, she said firmly. Oh, sorry. She should probably say that firmer. <clears throat> He's my brother. They're my friends. I don't let people hurt my friends, she said firmly. And even, uh, and then she felt a dangerous chill run over her skin as she added, ever. Oh, new voices, new voices. Stretch it out. Me, 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 me. <clears throat> Lost little lions. Amicus care. Oh, wait, sorry. Amicus is the guy. <clears throat> 
Lost little lions? Amicus Caro asked as the group of Gryffindors approached the end of the Slytherin table. He sat there, snickering with his small gang that included his twin sister, Electo, Alora Zabini, and Severus Snape. Sirius narrowed his eyes at him. Shut your mouth, Caro. Piss off, blood traitor, Electo hissed. Everyone knows that you're nothing but a disgrace now, Black. Ruined your family name. My family name was shit generations before I came along. In fact, I'd gladly tra trade names with you, except everyone knows all Caros are coat-tailing morons. Electo appeared enraged by the comment, but her brother, and obvious little leader of their gang, stayed in his seat, glaring up at Sirius. I'd rather be on the coattails of something proper than sitting in the filth with blood traitors and mudbloods, Amicus sneered. Electo laughed. Oh, sorry, I thought you were making a face. Electo laughed. Laura Zabini rolled her eyes as though she were bored of the confrontation already, and Sirius averted his eyes from the Gryffindors entirely. A memory of Draco came to the forefront of Maya's mind. Here's my attempt at a Draco voice. No one asked your opinion, you filthy little mudblood. Though it currently did not show, she had the slur carved into her skin. By the end of her time at Hogwarts, Hermione had grown numb to the sound of the word when it was thrown at her. But something about this moment brought it all back up. It could have been the fact that she was young again, experiencing unstable emotions as her body fought to catch up with time and her own memories, or it could have been that Amicus was just a boy and already so filled with hate, much like Draco had been when he first began bullying her, just twelve years old and already prejudiced. It was more likely, though, that it riled something up in her because, for the first time ever, the derogatory term was not being thrown at her, but at the table across the great hall where Amicus glared at the back of Lily's head. Maya was not the mudblood here. Harry's mother was. Fury built swiftly inside of her, and the memories of hate and anger and war and death all came to the forefront in one moment, egged on by the dangerous look in Sirius's eyes, and she finally snapped. You watch your fucking mouth, Caro! Maya stepped forward, pushing herself between James and Sirius, both of them staring at her with wide eyes. Amicus glared at her. Or what, Potter? You... Don't want to test me, she threatened, thinking of Marietta Edgecombe, Rita Skeeter, and Dolores Umbridge. She had been unforgiving during her original timeline, but now knew what some of these children would grow up capable of. Alora narrowed her eyes, suddenly interested. Don't threaten us, Potter. We're not threatening, James said. We're returning the favor. You lot hexed Frank first, without reason to. Longbottom, Snape drawled, rolling his eyes, as if we'd need a reason. He hexes himself by accident twice a day. Get bent, Snivellus, Sirius growled. Snape's words were laced with sarcasm as he shot back. Clever retort, Black. I'm serious, Maya told Amicus, and she watched closely as his hand hovered over the side of his robes. She could feel Remus right at her back, his breath on her neck and his hand on her shoulder. Without turning to look, she couldn't tell if he were trying to hold her back or stop himself from attacking. You pull a wand on any of us again, and you'll regret it. James glowered. Forget wands. One more word. Just one, 
Snape's upper lip curled. Surely you can count higher than that. And just like that, Sirius lunged over the top of the Slytherin table. In all likelihood, the fight lasted for less than a full minute. Wands were drawn, though Sirius was more happy, more than happy to handle things the muggle way, as he so liked to call it when he threatened physical violence. Advanced hexes were thrown from the Slytherins. Maya, being fully developed in her magic, tried to non-verbally counter the spells without drawing attention to herself. Unfortunately, it was when Frank got involved that things went completely south. The problem was that the only charm Frank Longbottom had properly mastered was a wand lighting charm, which would have been helpful, in, which would not have been helpful in the fight anyway. But instead of saying "lumos" like he meant to, Frank flicked his wand forward and said "fumos," accidentally casting a smokescreen spell. A defensive cloud of smoke poured out of Frank's wand, covering the fight completely. Unable to see and aim wands properly, the Slytherins made to retreat, but the Gryffindors followed Sirius' example and went full muggle. When Professor McGonagall stormed into the Great Hall and cleared the air of the smokescreen, she was left with four Slytherins and four Gryffindors on the ground. Sirius had Snape by the collar on the floor. James was struggling against Electo Caro and Alora Zabini, who was pulling at his hair, refusing to hit either of the girls. Remus pinned Amicus against the back wall, his forearm to the Slytherin's throat. He growled and held back Maya, who was seething and trying to reach around Remus to scratch Amicus's smug face. The Slytherin spat toward Maya, causing Remus to turn on him instead. Frank stood in the middle of the floor with wide eyes, tightly gripping his wand that was still pouring smoke. Mr. Longbottom, Professor McGonagall shouted, put your wand down. Jesus, how old is she? (laughs) Well, she was supposed to be nine in the Fantastic Beasts movie, but for some reason they decided to make her full fucking grown, so... They made her as old as Dumbledore, but she's she's supposed to be, I think she'd be like 100 next year, maybe. I think she was born in the 20s. Wow. Frank suddenly snapped to and dropped his wand, which fell to the floor and set off sparks. Thankfully, the smoke stopped. What on earth? All of you stop this moment. One by one, each Gryffindor stepped back, though it took Maya's help to get Remus off of Amicus. Sirius and Snape jumped away from each other, glowering, while the two Slytherin girls let go of James's hair, and he pouted, rubbing his head. Shameful, each of you, fighting like common thugs in the Great Hall, Mr. Malfoy. Professor... Lucius Malfoy approached the scene slowly, having been sitting on the other end of the Slytherin table during the entire ordeal. Are you a prefect or are you not? A fight breaks out at your own table and you sit idly by. Forgive me, Professor. Lucius stared at the young Slytherins and they all averted their gaze. It was clear that the fighting was not the problem in the blonde's eyes, but the outcome. I'll be certain to be quicker on my feet next time. Muggle, please. There will not be a next time. Twenty points from each of you. Mr. Malfoy, I expect your first-year charges to be escorted to your head of house for proper discipline. Absolutely, Professor. Lucius dipped his head and walked away, the first-year Slytherins following behind him out of the Great Hall. Professor McGonagall joined on the Gryffindors. As for you... I expect better from my own house. Detention, all five of you, this Saturday. 
she, she said and stormed away. James looked around. Five? There's six of us. Peter stayed back at the table, Remus said, and gestured to the other side of the room where Peter swallowed as five pairs of eyes narrowed in his direction. Sirius's mouth fell open in shock. That little shit. Some Gryffindor. Maya rolled her eyes, still fuming. Realizing that she was still gripping Remus's arm, she slowly released him, clearing her throat. Sorry about that. He grinned at her, his eyes momentarily flashing gold. You're fun when you're all angry and riled up. For the first time, Maya felt a strange bit of exciting adrenaline flood her chest at the sight of it. Normally, when she saw the gold in his eyes, it was in anger or stress, the wolf trying to break through Remus in a moment of emotional weakness. He looked anything but weak right now, though he looked thrilled. What is that noise? That would be my husband's phone ringing, and he's not in the fucking house. Oh. Cool. Oh my god, I think it's an alarm. It's so long. Okay, never See, mind. it really makes me wish I could do that thing where I was like, it's, it's, I can't do it. Yeah, that, I can't do it. God, I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> well, I was in the club last night. It was on my mind. And I say, I don't remember the last time I went to a club. I'm so old. Yeah, I'm old too. And half the people in there were like, Old enough to be twelve. My, no, old enough to be my parents. I was like, "Where are all the spring oh. breakers? Like, where did they go?" Uh, apparently, they're all not traveling. Yeah, apparently. Like, did you see that Katie said that the uh, St. Patty's Day bar crawl yesterday was like nothing? I was like, "Okay, people aren't going places," which is good. They're not supposed to. But no. anyway, anyway. And she yawns again. That should be a drinking game now. Mm, I'm sorry. Anyway. So Peter stayed back at the table and everybody's glaring at him. And she has to Um, burp. I burped. Leave me alone. So Remus's eyes had flashed gold. And it's usually when he's angry or stressed. But... He looked anything but weak right now, though. He looked thrilled. The grin he gave her made her cheeks warm. James laughed, breaking her from from her days. Maya said, fuck. (laughs) That was almost worth the detention. (laughs) It's like the time I heard your mom cuss for the first time. I was like, (gasps) dude, guys, I thought I thought Kat was going to cry. Like, literally was going to cry. But, anywho. I did not. The warmth fell from her cheeks as she her face paled. She had rarely ever said that word, least of all in public. The occasional mild swear here or there, of course, but she had never been one to resort to crude language. Oops. <laughs> Serious cuss like a lady. I am a lady who just happens to say fuck a lot. <laughs> but you could say please. Serious. I do say please and thank you and fuck. 
Sirius beamed at her, a look in his eyes similar to the blush-inducing one in Remus's. You absolutely did. It was fucking brilliant. She put her hands on her cheeks, embarrassed. I really said that? Remus chuckled. You did. Oh, Merlin, I blame you. She removed her hands from her face to point at Sirius. You're the one teaching us all foul language. Sirius laughed joyfully, holding his hands up in surrender. Oi, I'm going to start blaming you every time I hit someone then. You're violent, you are. Keep it up, Sirius. You got me detention. I've never been in trouble my whole life until I met you. Which was the worst lie she had ever told. <laughs> Chamber of Secrets, going after the Sorcerer's Stone, getting caught with the dragon. <laughs> so yeah. Merlin is a wizard, yes? Yeah, he's one of the OG wizards. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, like, isn't her saying, like, oh, Merlin and stuff kind of how, like, when we were growing up, because our parents put us in good little Catholic schools where you're not supposed to take God's name in vain. So isn't that kind of, like, the same thing? Well, you got to think, to our knowledge, they don't have the same religious uh, organizations we do. True. So instead of saying, like, in, in some fan fictions, they'll say, like, oh, gods, like, multiple is in a polytheistic reli- uh, religion. But more often than not, like, instead of saying, oh, my God, they say, oh, my Merlin. Well, not really. But instead of saying, like, Jesus Christ, they'll say Merlin's saggy testicles, which is honestly, like, way better. But Or freaking Slughorn, the whole movie, Merlin's beard, Harry, Merlin's beard. I actually watched that the other day purely for that one scene. And the pincers. Yeah, I like it how when they're like in the house and Dumbledore's like, can I have this magazine? I like the knitting patterns and JK's on the cover. It's like, really? Yes. Really? Actually, I found the one Harry Potter book that I own the other day, and it is The Prisoner of Azkaban. So that's the one I probably read back in the day. Well, that's the best one, so. Yeah, covers. And no, that's not up for discussion. Anyway. Keep it up, Sirius. You got me detention. I've never been in trouble in my whole life until I met you which was the worst lie she had ever told. She had been in detention before, but never for something like this. It had always been for getting caught with Harry outside of the castle or teachers misinterpreting their efforts to save the world as causing trouble. You're welcome. She huffed, folding her arms across her chest as she pinned Sirius with a stern look. Excuse me? Welcome for what? His grin grew when she growled at him. For fixing your boring life. Maybe let's stop talking, Sirius, Remus offered with a chuckle. Maya can be a little scary sometimes. Ooh, another big time jump. March 4th, 1972. Well, no, I thought it said May 4th at first. So really, it's only like four days. Five days if it was a leap year. Leave me alone, I'm yawning. Yeah, yeah, you can make big mouth faces too. Mm. Yeah, big mouth. You guys are really missing. Oh, God. Yeah, one day we need to figure out how to, like, be pretty and record our videos. 
<laughs> Emphasis on be pretty because I look homeless right now. <laughs> like, you look fine, but I look a little rough. I do not. I'm in sweatpants and an Ella DeGeneres t-shirt with an up scrunchie. You have an up scrunchie? Yeah, they were seven bucks on that box lunch site. Came in a three pack. <laughs> Does it have like the balloons or the pins the or one, Doug? The one that I have in my hair right now has their chairs that they sit in and it has hearts that say C and E for Carl and Ellie and then the other one has the balloons and it says adventure is out there and then the other one is a velvet purple scrunchie. I'm not okay. That movie wrecks me within the first 10 minutes every time. Yeah, I know because it's like one of my favorite Disney movies so I made Kenny watch it one time and he started crying and he's like, what are you making me watch? And I'm like, First time I watched that movie, I did not know what to expect. And the unending depression that comes from infertility and miscarriage and growing old together and then losing your wife, all in like five minutes, I was just sitting there with a guy I'd gone on two dates with and his entire family because they happened to be in town that day and visiting his house, which I did not know. We watched that and I'm just sitting there like sobbing uncontrollably because I was the only one in the room who had never seen it before, which is why they were watching it. And it was really awkward. And I don't think we went on any more dates after that. (laughs) That movie ruined a relationship. Yeah, but it also has a good message though, because like even after she died, he still loved her and wanted to fulfill her dream. And it was just so cute that somebody could love somebody that much that you would still Ah! oh god yeah and the fact that he like talks to her picture and stuff i'm just like and then he like becomes like he becomes less of a grumpy old man and makes friends with the kid and yeah Mm mm-hmm also, I always think Kevin's the name of the kid, and then I forget it. Kevin's the name <laughs> of the bird, but whatever. What's the kid's name? See? Nobody ever remembers the name of the kid. They only ever remember the name of Kevin. Yeah, because the the dog is Doug. And he's Carl, and she's Ellie, right. and the bird is Kevin. Right. What's the kid's name? <laughs> What's the kid's name? All right, fans, that is your homework for this week. What the fuck is the name of the... Asian little boy scout in Up who's super cute whose name we cannot you know one of us could just google this right now no 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 I like it better when we pose questions to our audience interaction Catherine audience interaction people are bored right now they're all having to work from home we are giving them entertainment and homework okay also it's me I'm people working from home and bored I always work from home. Christ, <laughs> 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 uh, cry yourself up. Because you got to go to work, work, work. But you don't got to work, work, work. Let your body do the work, work, work. Work from home. Oh! March 4th, 1972. <laughs> I'm going to hex Peter the next time I see him. 
James said firmly, as he stood in the trophy room with the other three Gryffindors, each with a worn rag in their hands, cleaning and polishing every surface, metal, cup, crown, and prize, until they gleamed brightly. They were supposed to have been separated for their detention, but Filch was not around to supervise, as he had been called away to deal with something on the third floor, mumbling, Bloody Pruitt brats! Frank had been excused from detention due to his cauldron melting the day before, where he ended up in the hospital wing with bandages on both hands. I'll do it, Maya offered. Peter already knows I don't like him. Why is that? Sirius turned around from the other side of the room to look at Maya, who was busy polishing the last Quidditch cup to have been won by the Gryffindors. What'd Peter ever do to you? Maya glowered, wanting to stomp her feet in frustration. I don't have to like everyone, you know. Besides, he didn't stand up for his friends. Yeah, Remus said thoughtfully, but you've never taken a shine to Pete. I... I don't know, Maya snapped, not wanting to talk about it. It was one thing to ignore the short, watery-eyed boy or set him up with a little jinx from time to time, but the boys were asking her to divulge the origin of her distaste for Peter Pettigrew, and she could not do it. Thinking about her hatred for the boy only brought up a sickening anger inside of her. Everything was Peter's fault. James and Lily's death, Harry becoming an orphan, Sirius getting locked up in Azkaban, and Remus being left alone for twelve years. Did he do something to you? Say something? James asked, his gaze filled with sudden concern. No, he just... I don't know. I don't trust him, she said, with a tone of finality, hoping none of them pushed the issue any further. After what felt like minutes of absolute silence, Sirius walked the length of the room and rested his head on her shoulder. I think you've only got room in your heart for the three of us. Is that it? Why is your foot up on the door jam? <laughs> like, why is this a thing right now? Because I'm in a closet and certain positions make it so my back hurts less. Go suck a troll nut. Oh, that's such a good picture, though. Go suck a troll nut. That's going on the blog. I'm super behind on the blog, by the way, guys. I'll work on that this week. <laughs> you know, there are two people in this podcast. I could update the blog, too, you know. You could. She doesn't it's let me really do hard. anything. She just uses you don't me like for my humor and wit. You don't like listening to this show, which you have to do to write the blog. I listened the other day. <gasps> you did? Yeah, because I wanted to put that quote that I like on my wall of positivity. And I couldn't find Aww. it when I read it because I apparently missed it. So I had to listen to find out the part where you said it. Oh <laughs> yay. But yeah, no, for those of you who haven't visited the blog yet, I think it's up through like 2.3 or something like that. But if we discuss like specific videos or like the Robin Williams Easter egg thing, any of that kind of stuff, I try and like throw those videos in there. Or if there's music, I throw the music in there so that you guys can listen and enjoy and understand what the fuck we're talking about. Anywho. After what felt like minutes of absolute silence, Sirius walked the length of the room and rested his head on her shoulder. I think you've only got room in the heart for the three of us. Is that it? She laughed, hitting him in the face with a dirty rag in her hands. You barely fit. If Remus and James get any taller, you're the first one to get the boot. He grinned at her. 
Ouch. I see how it is. I can only handle the three of you. Four would be a nightmare, and I can barely keep you and James in line. She pointed a scolding finger at Sirius. Thankfully, Remus happens to be mature enough to not get caught up in your nonsense. You know he's right here in detention with, uh, right with the, th oh, crap, I was using my serious voice. Hold on. <clears throat> you know he's right here in detention with the three of us, James pointed out with a chuckle. Sirius threw his dirty rag at Remus. Hey, Lupin, want to come down off that pedestal Maya's put you on? Remus's face turned red, and he smirked. Shut up, Black. That's not a very mature thing to say, Remus, James teased. Sounds to me like you're getting caught up in our nonsense. James and Sirius broke out into laughter, and Remus narrowed his eyes at his friends. While they were distracted, he reached for his wand. Vermilius! Red sparks shot out, snapping against Sirius's backside like an electric shock. Sirius gave a yelp and jumped in the air. He glared and then raised his own wand, sending the charm right back at his friend. Vermilius! The red spark shot forward, hitting, Siri er, hitting Remus right at the tip of the nose. Ouch! Remus growled in response and raised his wand again. Vermilius! The red sparks flew at Sirius, who tried running from them, but in the end, they snapped him on the side of the head. See, Maya? James pointed out. Remus is just as bad as the rest of us. Maya stared at Remus and Sirius. Stop provoking one another. We're supposed to be in detention. Stop telling us what to do, James laughed and aimed his wand at her. Vermilius! She watched in shock as the red spark shot from James's wand hit her in the forehead. Jamie, I can't believe you! You hexed your own sister? James, er, Remus teasingly glared at James. Vermilius duo! Red sparks emitted from the end of his wand towards James, but then diverged midstream like a fork in the road, one spark hitting James in the leg, the other hitting Sirius in the back. Ow! I didn't hex Maya! Sirius shouted. Remus laughed. No, but she had that coming anyway. Maya stomped her foot. This is ridiculous. It's not even a hex. It's a charm. You three, knock it off. Not until you admit that Remus is just as bad as we are, James grinned, and moved around the room with the two other boys, each constantly throwing the same charm over and over, snapping each other repeatedly. Maya folded her arms in a huff. I will do no such thing. He's attacking us right in front of you, Sirius pointed out. Maya folded her arms in a huff. I will do no such thing. He's attacking us right in front of you, Sirius pointed out. And Maya only smirked in reply. I happen to think you deserve it. Oh, just because you're in love with him, Sirius began with a roll of his eyes, but was unable to finish that sentence. Vermilius Trio, Maya said loudly, and the sparks flew out of her wand with incredible strength, separating in three distinct paths, each headed for a boy's backside, snapping them hard and loud like a whip. Whitz! They all yelped, turning wide eyes back at Maya. Whoa, James muttered. Sirius gaped at her. That was... Remus grinned. Impressive! Vermilius! A small spark flew at her, and Remus chuckled when she yelped at the snap of it hit her on her nose. He smiled at her with mischief in his eyes. I don't know. Maybe they have a point about me. What is going on in here? Professor McGonagall demanded as she appeared at the doorway. Nothing, Professor... They all looked down, avoiding the gaze of the intimidating witch, 
When she seethed and turned on her heels to leave the room, Remus, standing next to Maya, looked up. Their gazes connected, and when Gold met Brown, they both grinned, blushing. Aww. Bam! Another chapter done. What you think? Uh. I don't know. Did you catch some hints at a potential romantique? Well, don't I technically already know about that because the beginning kind of said that? Who do you think I'm talking about? Um. Lily well, we and... we already know about Lily and James. James. <laughs> but this was yeah. hinting at a little bit of romance um, with Maya. I did not catch that. With? Serious. Remus. Oh, okay. They blushing. They looking. Okay. They liking. They blushing. It's cute. <laughs> that was my wink sound. I did that. Well, I made a wink, so means wink. You hear that? That's a wink sound. I'm winking. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> There's actual eye rolls going on. Anyway, enough of that. We have some people to thank. We have a new wolfie. I love my wolfies. They're so cute. Um, we have Brandy Van Lu, who joined us yesterday. So thank you so much, Brandy, for joining our Patreon Fire Whiskers. We love you guys. And let us see who our foxes are for this month. We have Rachel, Jackie, Krista, and Kelly, Rebecca, Carissa, Ashley, M, and Ryder, Olivia, Aguila, Ashley, T, and Brittany, Claire, Jillian, Elise, Martina, Therese, Amanda, Z, Sarah, Samantha, Miranda, Sophie, and Ashley, E. And you just had to try to sound like mumbo number five. Well, the alternative was Rachel and Jackie, Krista, Kelly, Rebecca, Carissa, Ashley, Ryder, Olivia, Aguila, Ashley, Brittany, Claire, Jillian, Elise, Martina, Teresa, Amanda, Sarah, Samantha, Miranda, Sophie, and Ashley, and Drum. Well, that's more on theme. Yeah! I was pretty proud of that. That actually worked out really well. I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you for continuing to support us and not giving up on us. But anywho, we appreciate you guys and thank you for continuing to contribute. And we will see you all next Fire Whiskey Friday. Also, I just want to say, I know everything is really stressful and crazy right now. But we hope this brings you a little bit of joy. And uh, keep on listening. We'll keep on being here for you guys. And don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling. Hold on to that feeling.
And as Claire and I would also say, and the video we don't have, but dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on. (laughs) We need to find the car karaoke videos for people. I have some. Upload them into the Google Drive. We may start dropping those as bonus content. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I am not going grocery the... shopping with you, Brianna. You tell her. I don't want to anyway. go. All right, guys. We will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. ka Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.